Welcome to Top Shelf at the Merrick Library with your host, Carol Ann Tack. Welcome to Top Shelf at Merrick Library. I am your host, Carol Ann Tack, and I thank you all for joining me. Listeners, as you know, book galleys for me are gifts from the gods and boxes come in for me that are filled with true words of wonder. And what should arrive in one of those boxes? Why the latest book by Allegra Goodman. Yes, that Allegra Goodman. And yes, that Allegra Goodman has a new book coming out in early January called Sam. And honestly, I don't even know how I am going to keep it together for this episode. So listeners, just hang on for the ride. Okay, here is a quote about this brand new book called Sam. And it's from Kevin Wilson. And he says, rather perfectly, Sam is one of the most evocative and tender examinations of youth that I have ever read. So without further ado, Allegra Goodman, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners of Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. As if you couldn't guess, I am thrilled that you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. For listeners who may not know Allegra Goodman, I just want to let you all know you can stock up on her back collection while you're waiting for Sam to come out. The Chalk Artist is one of her novels. It became the winner of the Massachusetts Book Award. Allegra Goodman wrote Intuition, The Cookbook Collector, Paradise Park, and Catterskills Falls, which was a National Book Award finalist. Her fiction has appeared just about everywhere. She's been anthologized in the O. Henry Awards and Best American Short Stories. She's written two fabulous short story collections, The Family Markowitz, which I cannot recommend that one. I can't recommend them all enough, but that one really just hit me. She also wrote a novel for young readers called The Other Side of the Island. Her essays and reviews have appeared in the New York Times Book Review, The Wall Street Journal, The New Republic, Boston Globe, The American Scholar, and most recently, a beautiful essay appeared in Vogue magazine, which I urge you to find that. I'll put the link for that in the podcast page. But Allegra Goodman, here we are today to talk about your latest book, which is on the Indie Pick list for 2023 in January if you would, welcome again. Please tell our listeners about Sam. Oh, thank you. Well, Sam is a story of a young girl growing up on the North Shore of Massachusetts, and it's about how she becomes a human, how she she grows up and comes into herself. So in some ways, it's a simple premise. You know, it's a coming of age, the story of growing up. And in other ways, it's a very ambitious book because Growing up is, as you know, complicated. <laughs> Lily King, bestselling author Lily King says, I've been an Allegra Goodman fan for years, but Sam is hands down my new favorite. I love this powerful and endearing portrait of a girl who must summon deep within herself the grit and wisdom to grow up, which is exactly what you just said. And I will tell listeners, I love Sam. Readers will love Sam. Book discussions will love Sam. Talk about writing, Sam. And the reason I'm asking is that in this book, there is not one single page that isn't filled with something so important about Sam. I know that's a double negative, but talk about writing Sam and her maturing voice over the course of the book. Because like any parent, I was wistful for the young Sam 
and proud of the end, the 20 year old Sam. I, I don't know how you did that. Talk about writing Sam. Writing Sam, I, I chose the technique I used was to write her from the inside. So the whole book is from her point of view. It's a very intimate portrait of her. So it's in the third person, but it's this very close third person. And the language in the book suddenly changes from the beginning as she grows. So the language kind of grows with her. So the first line of the book, when the book opens, she's only seven years old. And the book starts, there is a girl, her name is Sam, you know, in this very kind of young voice. And then suddenly as she gets older, the language changes. Um, her ideas become more sophisticated. She suffers. She is disappointed. She falls in love. She goes through all of these different experiences and her whole perception and her world starts to open. And so it was this kind of the aperture is opening in this book. And what I think of it is almost like a, a time lapse. Like if you've seen those time lapse photographs of a seed sprouting or a flower opening its petals, you can see that in film. But what I tried to do with Sam was do it with words. And boy, do you. Within the first 10 pages, as you just said, the reader, and by the reader, I mean me, I am Sam. I am empathizing with her and all that entails in the first 10 pages. She is seven. I am seven. You make seven utterly believable. And that's to a person whose year seven is way, way, way behind. <laughs> um, her, her emotions are all over the place. And you write that so beautifully. And it can also be, it's just heartbreaking to read some of those things. How is that for you to get into that headspace? Well, for me, writing is very much a performance. So it's it's like it's like being an actor and just becoming the character. The nice thing about when you're a writer is you don't have any physical limitations, so you can, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you do it all the all the way through words. And the reader is a the theater. The reader's imagination is a the theater. I would say that when I was a child, you know, when I was seven and when I was a young adult, I always had this idea that I was going to remember everything, so that later on I would report back. <laughs> I was one of those kids who wanted to be a writer very early on. So, you know, I drew a lot upon my own memories. I would also say that I don't think I could have written this book when I was younger. It took becoming a mother and having children of my own to really have the perspective, ironically, to have a perspective to go so close and to be so intimate with a character like this. I find that so interesting that you talk about remembering things, because we'll get to remembrance is a big part of the book later. But Sam's view of her day at school, something happens in her art class, then another class happens, something else is going on. There's all this stuff that happens. And the way you write those scenes, it just seems like Sam's whole day is in a very short period of time. And then she looks at the clock and it's only 10 a.m. And oh my gosh, I think even as adults, you know, you something has happened. You go to an office meeting or you go somewhere or something and you're looking at your click. Oh my gosh, it's only 10 a.m. And that scene where Sam looks at the clock and recognizes where the hands are. On the face of the clock, I thought, oh my gosh, she feels like it's a full day. I felt like it was a full day. And I, I put the book down for a minute just to absorb that. <laughs> oh, I'm, thank you. And as we're talking about Sam, listeners, 
probably keep hearing me say Sam, Sam. Was Sam the original title of the book? Um, it's interesting. I, I, I always called it Sam as a working title, but I thought, oh, I'll come up with a different title. I'll come up with a more descriptive title or something. And every time I tried to write a more descriptive title, it seemed pretentious and it sort of took the reader away. So I went for radical simplicity in the end. You know, I just, I didn't want to impose myself on her by, you know, saying this is a novel about, you know, to be prescriptive. Right. So it became her. That was her title. She catches this rock climbing bug early on, and it's something so special that she shares with her dad. They come to this venture together, and it's certainly a metaphor for Sam throughout the entire book. Her relationship with almost everything in her life, and I guess in everybody's life, is like navigating a rock face. There's things that make things hard, and then there's that sheer face that you just think you're never going to achieve Talk about choosing rock climbing, and do you do you climb? <laughs> I I am not much of a climber. I I'm sort of like Sam's first boyfriend Corey, who says I went rappelling and can't. I'm sort of more like that. <laughs> That's a great scene. <laughs> I um. There were a couple of reasons why I chose rock climbing. One is I was really interested. First of all, I was really interested in sort of writing this coming of age story, which in which the character was not like me. A lot of times when you read, and there are great ones, like there's a book called by Tobias Wolf, This Boy's Life, for example. And, you know, really at the end, he's sort of becoming a writer. Or if you look at the wonderful film Boyhood by Rick Linklater, you know, at the end of the film, the boy is getting into photography and sort of moving towards becoming a filmmaker. Same with Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig. You know, she's on the road to becoming a really special artist. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to write a coming of age story about a person not becoming an artist? You know, she's not an artist. She's not me. Sam is also very physical and she was very much inspired by my own daughter who used to climb the walls and get up inside of door frames like Sam does in this book. So the idea of climbing came quickly to me. Another thing that I was really interested in is that rock climbing is, you know, on the one hand, it's kind of, there's a class issue because there are these gyms where these kids who have more money, like Sam's friend, Hallie, can afford to pay for lessons. And there's a competitive sort of circuit of young kids rock climbing. And then there's also this older hippie type rock climbing that people do outside, which is more like surfing. It's a different culture. And I was interested in exploring that in the book and the way that a passion can mean different things to you at different times of your life. So rock climbing is, means something very different to her at 11 than it does at 20. For sure. And the scenes left me breathless. You create these competition scenes and boy, you know, you say how it's a performance. It was cinematic. It was movie-like. I Every time Sam ascended to a different level and was holding on to it, you know, I've seen those rock climbing pieces in stores and there's all these kids lined up in like sporting uh-huh. stores. And I'm thinking, yeah. I would never do that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate how hard it is. I mean, it's, it's, but you did that, Ms. Goodman. <laughs> I, yeah. I was breathless for those scenes. And of course, throughout the whole book, I love the structure, speaking of rock faces, the structure of your book. There are five beautifully named parts in this book. And that whole construct for me was fascinating and just fantastic. When does that construct come to you? Like each part, do you name the parts while you're writing, after? How do you break it up for the reader? I probably wrote the whole thing and then worked on the parts. I did a lot of revision on this book. 
and I and tend to revise a lot of all my work. And then the structure kind of emerges as you're writing it. Your first draft is sort of like a big breathless <laughs> all at once. And then you stand back and you take a look and you start framing the different sections. And the reason I mentioned this, readers, you'll get there. The first part or first big chapter is called Umbrella. And I will not for a minute tell you what that's about. But oh my mm-hmm. goodness, it is just... It, I'm a no spoiler zone, but oh my goodness. <laughs> Allegra Goodman, you like wrung out my emotions for this whole book. And we talked a little bit about at the beginning, you mentioned the word remembrance. There are so many glorious sentences in this book that I have time to recite, which is great for all of the readers out there because Sam really is a gift for 2023. But there's one about remembering and it comes early on when Sam's dad, Mitchell and Sam are having pizza and she asks him what he was like at seven and he doesn't remember. And Sam gets frustrated and she's like, well, when I grow up, I'm going to remember everything. Okay, Mitchell says, well, remember this. Gray counters, chrome napkin holders, jars of chili pepper flakes, stacks of pizza boxes piled to the ceiling. She looks all around and then she looks at her dad, even though she knows him by heart. Oh my goodness. My own heart during that scene. And that's only page 13 of the book. (laughs) When you're writing, I mean, I'm tearing up now. When you write that scene, what emotions are you going through as you write that? Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny because I, I, I guess it was, it's a layered kind of memory for me. I think in a lot of ways, writers, novelists are memory artists and we practice remembering details that maybe other people might overlook and then we use them. But I remember being a child and trying to rem- fix something in my mind, you know, and it's such an ordinary place up there and they're in this sort of this, you know, humble pizza place. And, and you know, she does fix that in her mind and she does come back to it later. And you already make the reader, our, uh, that's our memory right now in that moment for this yeah. book. So we know, so you're giving us this background information. That scene was so evocative for me. It reminded me of going to the pizzeria with my sister when we would have like a lunch break at school mm. and we'd go to Joe's Pizzeria in Brooklyn and I, you would walk in and the first thing you could smell was the dough with the pizza boxes because they had that cardboard smell mm. and mm-hmm. all of that and the smell of the sauce and the and boy, did we, my sister and I love those chili pepper flakes. That was, we would ask for extra and the garlic. God, I, you know, I think about that now. What did we smell like when we went back to school? <laughs> I, mean, I love that it triggered memories for you. I think that is the ultimate thing that writers try to do, that the reader will enter into it so much and then, you know, relate to it and it will bring back your own childhood memories. So that part about remembrance, hand, I'm raising my hand. Yes, it, it brought mm-hmm. that. And I did remember that. And it was such a, it was such a good, happy memory, but my heart was soaring for her. It was just a beautiful, beautiful memory. There are so many other characters in the book that when we watch Sam grow, right, her universe is expanding and we are mm-hmm. watching that expand with her. It includes these new people, these new friends and these different emotionally difficult situations that she has to navigate again through life. The reader really <laughs> has a lot of empathy for Sam. Um her relationship with her mother, Courtney. There are also times in the book where I feel like I am both of these characters at the same time. I am the mom. I am Sam. And goodness gracious, as a writer, I don't know how you do that. 
I felt like that too. <laughs> Courtney has some of me in it, in her. She has some of my mom in her. <laughs> There's this weird, <laughs> the child, the mother, <laughs> my mother. She's tough. She can be really tough. She's also very loving. She's really a good, a good mother. She's had, her situation is difficult. She's doing the best she can, you know? What I was really interested in also in is Sam's perception of her mother changes so much over the course of the book, as it does for all of us, you know? She understands her differently, you know, when she's 19. It's such a, I mean, I don't want to say it's a short book, but I, it's, I don't even know how many pages it is. It is yeah, it's not super long. It's a fast read in a lot of ways. It's sort of like every word counts. So I would say it's concise. <laughs> There's a lot in there, <laughs> but it reads very fast. Not that many people have read it yet because it's not been published yet, but people are sort of like, I read it in one day. Yes. Like, you know. Um... <laughs> and then I've heard people say, I went back and read it again. And the, the listeners can't Aww. see my copy is filled with stickies and underlines and notes. And I would only ever do this on a galley. Goodness gracious, Allegra Goodman. I am hook, line, and sinker for this book. And this is only the beginning of 2023. <laughs> so Chalk Artist comes out in 2017. And then you collaborated on Speaking of Writing in 2019. And then you wrote that beautiful, beautiful essay for Vogue magazine. Where does Sam fall in terms of that? And then COVID and, and where does she fall? <laughs> Where does Sam oh, yeah. and all of that? Yeah, well, um, I would say the book took me at least three years. So, you know, people sort of like, I read it in one day and I'm thinking three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was definitely, I wrote the first draft before COVID and then we all kind of went into isolation and I rewrote it during COVID. I also was working on some other stuff at the same time, but every day I was working on this book and it was a really interesting process revising it and just... A lot of it was just a leap of faith, just trusting the character, just trusting her and deciding to really focus on her. Um, as you know, because you've read so many of my other books, I like to have many characters and I love playing with different points of view and that kind of thing. And this book, I chose one point of view and I really had to stick to it. There are difficulties in that and the challenges, and there are also tremendous advantages in that. And it's sort of like, what can you do from one very intimate point of view? With her, it's just that she, it's all about how her perception grows and how she, and how she sort of comes into herself. That was the magic of this book. So I rewrote it during COVID. And then just the editing process was after COVID pretty much, I guess. And you started the second draft and you were behind closed doors. Everybody was, we were all in lockdown. Mm -hmm. Did that change how you wrote a novel? Did it focus you more? Did, was it hard to get into Sam's voice once we went into lockdown? Did anything mm -hmm. change for you? Yeah, I think for me, and I know other writers who, a lot of people had just trouble concentrating during that time. And I had a house full of people. I have four children and my oldest son is married. So he, my daughter-in-law was also here. So we had oh, the dear. five, you know, we had a lot, we had a very full house. And then everybody was on Zoom. I had a child on Zoom in class in grad school, in college and in high school. My husband was teaching, he teaches college. He was on Zoom. I was teaching a class on Zoom. My daughter-in-law was clerking for a judge on Zoom in the kitchen. Anyway, I kind of hid. I had, I'll be honest, like previous draft, I'd been frustrated. And I was, I started calling Sam my problem child oh. because <laughs> I just felt like I couldn't get the second half of the book right. And I decided during COVID that this was going to be my mission. And I really, it, for me, it was a process of focusing. I had no other distraction. And in a way, the writing the book and working on the book was sort of my solace. And I got 
got into her head even more. And I just decided to double down on Sam's perceptions and just really trust her. And that's when she kind of, she started to fly. You know, that's when the book took off and came to fruition. Oh my goodness. I love hearing the birth process, if you will. Of- <laughs> She's just such an amazing and compelling character. As you get into your 2023 pub dates and all of your launch events, I cannot imagine what your 2023 is going to look like. Where can readers find you on social media to see your upcoming events? So I have an Instagram account, Allegra Goodman Writer, and I'm on Facebook as well. And I post on those pretty regular, like almost every day out. And I will put all my events on there. I also review books I love on Goodreads if you want recommendations. And your website is true. website, of course, of course. I have an events section on my website and I will post all those dates. And since you mentioned recommendations, anything you would like to share with listeners, any book recommendations? I love biography and I'm currently reading a book by Lyndall Gordon, who's an amazing biographer. I recommend to all of you. And it's a book about T.S. Eliot, the poet who wrote The Wasteland. And it's about his relationship with a young woman, which he tried to keep under wraps. And he wrote over 1,500 letters to her. Her name was Emily Hale. He wrote these letters and sent them to her. He destroyed all of her letters to him because he didn't want people to know about it. But she donated her cache of letters over 1500 to Princeton. And they've just been unsealed in 2019. Wow. So this book is about there and it just sheds a lot of light on him. And in terms of novels, I'm a fan of Emma Donahue. And I recently read her book, Haven, which is about three monks in the eighth century who sail off to a rocky island in forbidding weather. And it's really an interesting book. It's about religion and, you know, people becoming obsessive about religion and intolerance. And she's a very interesting writer. And there's one more I'd like to recommend, Women Talking by Miriam Toes. I think that's how you pronounce it. She's a fascinating writer. Um, and her book, Women Talking, has just been made into a movie, which is about to be released. But I really recommend that people read the book first. And it's a book about a group of women in a religious community, sort of like almost an Amish type community. I don't think she specifies exactly, right. but they don't read it right, these women. And they are gathering together in a barn to debate what to do after a series of brutal rapes in their community. And the men are all gone. They've been summoned to court. And the women have to make a decision about whether they're going to stay in the community and fight the men, whether they're going to stay and do nothing, or whether they're going to leave. And the book is their debate about this. And it, it's a really, really dramatic book. I yeah. read the book. Have you read it? Yeah. And I just, I thought, well, how are they going to do this? I'm pretty, pretty excited to see it. But I, I yeah, exactly. I agree. Reading it first is, it will be helpful because you don't know why you're going to get. And I yeah. loved Haven. The other book you mentioned on Instagram is Women in White Coats. How oh, yeah. And I thought, oh my, I immediately ran and made sure we had that at the library. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. Um, it's a popular book. She did her homework and it's fascinating to read about these women pioneers as the earliest physicians. So the first woman to go to medical school in America, Elizabeth Blackwell, what she had to go through just to sit in class with these men around her. So I recommend that for anyone. It's sort of almost this kind of hidden figures type of right. Type. I love that kind of book. Um, Allegra Goodman, I really tried not to give any spoilers for this book. I want readers to just come, as I always say, just come to it organically. 
I cannot recommend it enough. Congratulations on making Indie Picks for 2023 in January. That's huge. I'm so grateful that you're here. I will share all the links that we talked about today, all the books, all the recommendations on the podcast page for this episode. Today's book, Sam, by today's guest, the wonderful Allegra Goodman, is on shelves on January 3rd of 2023. So please grab a copy at your local library or your local independent bookstore. Sam is published by Dial Press. Allegra, I thank you so much for joining me and the listeners today on Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. And I really hope you'll join me again for whatever comes next. Oh, thank you so much. Um, it's such a pleasure to be here. We have a wonderful, wonderful year. And we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll send you an email on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> to great. See, to see how you made out. And listen, oh, I love it. Listeners, I thank all of you for joining me today. Remember to follow Top Shelf at Merrick Library on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find most podcasts for the latest and the greatest at the Merrick Library. Check out our website at MerrickLibrary.org. Special thanks, as always, to Merrick Library Director Dan Chusmere, Assistant Director Diane Bondi, and the Merrick Library Board of Directors for getting us off the ground and on to the airwaves. Until the next time, remember to keep us on your top shelf and remember to get your copy of Sam by Allegra Goodman. Allegra, thanks again so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.